you think about the Messi thing? Anything else on the Messi front, Chris, before we move on? No, I'm done. I'm done. I'm falling out. I told you, I never want to bring this guy's name up again. I don't know, man. This Messi thing is just a freaking mess. What a disaster. I don't want to hear this name ever again until it's official. But they got me back. No question about it. I am ready to get hurt again. Chris, the Herons are back. Welcome, everybody, to episode number 84 of the Battered Herons podcast. I am your host, Daniel Granada, and alongside me, as always, is Mr. KBD. How are you doing, sir? Bruh, it's game time tomorrow, and we got Todd the God on tonight. Are you and kidding got, me? I know. Todd are, you, the are, God. You, are, are you guys in the chat even ready? I don't even know if you guys are really ready. Like, Well, there's a lot of new people to, to the show, so they don't re- realize the greatness of Todd the God yet. No, they don't get it. They don't get it. <laughs> All right, but before we get to the Philadelphia Union preview, there are a couple things that I want to just touch on just quickly. Right, because I was getting some DMs and some comments in the YouTube section. I just wanted to clarify a couple things. First thing I wanted to clarify when we were calling the game boring, we understand that holding possession and all that was, was cool. It's it's we got it. It's we went boring in the aspect of if you look at the previous four games leading up to that, it almost felt like it was a movie script, right? Like the standards have come up so high on the drama for these messy games that it just felt like it didn't reach that, okay? It was great. The guys all, look, all looked like they were playing well. There wasn't too many complaints about just about any player. So boring in that aspect. And I, it's not that we thought that the game was boring and everybody's like, oh, my God, you guys are so horrible. I get it. Yes, it was beautiful. The way they kept possession and they were just dominating. We got it. We got it. Chris. Yeah, I, I mean, I look. Like, you're going to add in. I'm sorry. I was, I was, and you're not wrong by saying that it was like boring. I mean, it wasn't like a bore fest, but like, I mean, it, it wasn't as entertaining as the other games. I mean, you're not out of pocket by saying that. Well, and, and Joker said, "Don't say script." Yes, I know everybody. That's Ooh, true. Don't say script. Be for careful, sure. Bobby. <laughs> and uh, Michelle Rodriguez just said uh, they want the bad, uh, the belief shirt. That you just get that right there at batterfans.com. You can get yourself a Believe shirt and Messi shirts, all into Miami shirts and all that other good stuff. All right. One other thing that I wanted to clarify real quickly. I've been getting hated on for my Europe, my hate of European soccer. I don't hate European soccer. I appreciate it. When I said that I appreciate the MLS because of its competitiveness, it wasn't because I think that the quality of soccer in the MLS is superior to that of the European soccer. I understand the quality is much better in Europe in the English Premier League and La Liga. I get it. I get all that. You're okay. pandering way too much to these clowns. I, I right? need to clarify because no, you're pandering to- way too much. You know what? You people that are out there, these football fans that are like, oh my God, EPL, so godly. Like, get out of here with that. Okay. But it is it's better compl- soccer. It is. Look, it's better quality players, I guess. Okay. Whatever. Right, because they've but, been around for four thousand seven hundred and sixty-eight years. But I mean, other than that, you're not wrong in what you're saying. There's only like no, what? How many teams that are competitive? Six to seven every year. But yeah, look, it's six this, to seven. Get this, out. This is this is my analogy that I give you. Okay. Yeah. I think, and I I enjoy watching EPL. Right, I was I was watching the the uh, the Chelsea game yesterday. I, I enjoy. Uh, the EPL, La Liga, right? I, I enjoy watching good soccer, okay? So I'm not knocking the soccer. I just no, wish that it was more competitive across the whole year. 
So this is my analogy to you. I feel like watching European soccer is like going to watch a Marvel movie. It's going to be entertaining, but you kind of know where this is going to end, right? You know that you know that superhero is going to win, villain's going to lose, and that's basically it, right? So you're entertained, although you already know the outcome. So in the EPL, same thing. You're entertained, even though you know Man City's going to win. In La Liga, you're entertained, even though you know Barcelona and Real Madrid's going to win. And same thing in, in the Bundesliga, entertained, even though you know Bayern Munich's going to win for the 14th straight year. So th that's my analogy, and I just wanted to clarify that. That's all. I'm not going to waste too much more time on that. It's just I was getting mashed, and I just wanted to clarify. I'm not saying the quality is better here, but I'm saying it's predictable, and I, I kind of like the, the, the competitiveness here in the MLS. Listen, Mike, Greenlot Mike is kicking in here, not fridge guy. Look, the jury's still out, buddy. <laughs> Okay, the jury's still out. Let's let's not get into that. I gotta I gotta <laughs> gather all my evidence. Okay, I have my crack team working on it. Okay. Um uh, by the way, yes, I guess whatever. Hola uh, Dani. Hola, hola Dani. And I guess whatever. I mean, yeah, that's exactly what it is. Okay. At the end of the day, it's like you said with the whole Marvel thing. Like, first of all, nobody really cares about I don't know uh give me like a, a crappy character i'm like not in the i'm Marvel. not I'm, is, I, all right no, don't, don't even Aquaman's dc yeah i don't know i don't know i don't know too much about marvel i just i'm just I, saying it's entertaining but it's you know like the x it's like x-men like who cares about like these other characters like beast and storm like get out come on you guys in the epl you guys eat it okay right. you guys suck no, they don't suck that's the thing I they mean, don't suck you know i know they don't suck but it, you guys it's, it's suck just, all right and then the last right, thing maybe I to maybe you guys don't suck i'm attacking you guys i'm sorry yeah you're, you're being kind of harsh honestly i am a little now, bit the the last thing i wanted to touch on before we, we started talking philadelphia and i promised you we're going to get to philadelphia real quick is a lot of people and i was surprised at how much conversation the wave got a lot of people apparently hate the wave now maybe this is a good time to bring on um Todd to see what he has to say because it I'm not that opposed to the waves. Now I'm not gonna say that I love it, but I was surprised at how much people hate the wave. Chris, what do you think about the wave? You know, I I've never been like a huge soccer fan, so I didn't know the like the soccer etiquette, right? I mean the you never seen I've the always, wave before? I mean, yeah, but like the wave I've seen it done like in basketball games and football games, but like apparently it's like it's like blasphemous to do it at a soccer match. I never I, I mean I don't that, know. Though. I never I thought, never thought that either. But I mean, a lot of people do think that it's blasphemy. Like, what are you doing? Doing the wave on the sacred patch of grass that is called football. Like, come on. So I'm going to bring in Todd right now. But the one thing I did want to say is I saw some people saying that they wish that they wouldn't have done the wave. Now, I tweeted out what I thought was a decent, decent uh, example. It happened more or less in the 80th minute. And we've had experiences yeah. at the 80th minute where we have tons of people leaving the stadium. People didn't leave the stadium this time, but they started doing the wave. If you had to choose one over the other, what do you prefer? Do you prefer them to stick around doing the wave? Or do you prefer them just leaving early? I mean, I prefer the wave if I had to choose between the two. And everybody's like, oh, I'd rather none of them. Okay, but if you had to choose, I would choose the wave. 
I mean, like, I, I, I would, I would also pick that as well. I don't want these people to leave. But then at the same time, I bet you everybody that hates the wave is like, you all got to get out of here. And, don't, I don't uh, want our, any of you doing the wave. Our guy um, Solana, he commented that he rather them chant some of the Vice City and and uh, and Siege and Southern Legion and all those chants that they do. That he rather that the crowd sing along. Yeah, the crowd doesn't know the songs; they can't sing along. Is there any way that we can like get like the, the lyrics up on the screens? I promise you that if we were to somehow get the lyrics around to everybody, once the supporter group starts chanting, a lot of people will join in if they knew what the words were. So I'm just saying. All right. Without, oh, go ahead, Chris. Well, I mean, the only thing you could do is, right, you got to hand out like scripts of the songs. I mean, what? Everybody's going to be walking around with like a book of, uh, of like, of like lyrics or you're going to walk around with one of those qr codes just scan it and then just read along oh the qr code yeah well I like that. Uh, look I, I promise you that other supporters and other teams would probably like kind of like laugh at them if they saw that that's what entermami was doing but in the long run if the fan base starts learning all the lyrics i understand that they have a youtube channel where they have the songs there and stuff but i, I think that that would go a long way but anyway that's enough small talk. Uh, without further ado, the man of the hour, our guy from Philadelphia. It's always sunny in Philly. Todd Lewis from the Free Kick Podcast. How the hell are you doing? Are you ready to get your ass kicked tomorrow? I am. I 100% am. And, man, you guys couldn't have started a better way to the podcast talking about the wave. Because, believe me, we've got the same issues in Philadelphia. This is what? A, what? This is a highly debated topic. Is the wave acceptable in soccer matches? And the answer is no. One. You're you're anti-wave no. also. One hundred percent. That belongs to baseball. But why? Ooh. Because it's a it's a traditional baseball. You know, I, I agree. You know, uh, hand, hand out pamphlets, give out PR uh, QR codes, and learn the chance. Um, there, there's. I do chance. agree with that. I do agree with that. So that, that is something uh, for people that are unfamiliar. The Sons of Ben is the official supporters group of the Philadelphia Union. And, and there's been debate, you know, how do we get more fans to learn the lyrics to the chants? And uh, the funny thing is, right, the, the Union have been a team for 15 years and they're singing the same songs for the last 15 years. So if you don't know the lyrics yet, I mean, something's pretty, pretty, pretty messed up, right? I mean, they're, they're so simple. Sometimes the song is going for 10 minutes at a time, it seems like. They're, they're so competitive shout out to my boy there gem all the way from england he's flying to nashville Ooh. actually to go watch the nashville uh monterey game uh tomorrow night so nice uh, huge mls fan uh saw nashville last year so gotta give a shout out there to him and for sure uh, pretty dedi dedicated right flying all the way from england just to watch nashville sc it's, it's true dedication right there but that sure. is that is um, I was going to say, so there's a unofficial supporters group called Keystone State Ultras, and they came up with a super simple chant called Sha-la-la-la-la, Sha-la-la-la-la, hey, Philadelphia, you, and the whole stadium gets in. Super simple. Because they know it. Yeah, and uh, part of it is because, you know, the Capos have went around the stadium, and they've went and said, no, just clap on beat. No, it's not hard. I guess for some people, it's hard to keep a beat. And um, yeah, it's just simple. Maybe in Orlando. <laughs> Hey, we can agree there, right? Yeah. But yeah, I, I agree with you guys. You know, get rid of the wave, learn some simple chants, the whole stadium rocking. And that's what I'm hoping Subaru Park is going to be like tomorrow night. But 
I do have a feeling it's probably going to be 60, 40 into Miami slash Messi fans in that stadium. Oh, for sure. If it's yeah. anything like Dallas, for sure. Well, I know that the the price. I actually looked over the prices, and I wish I would have had a screenshot of this, but I saw the prices uh, earlier this week around four hundred, and then all of a sudden it dropped a little bit to like three something, three eighty, three seventy ish, and I imagine that a lot of people are reselling their tickets because I mean we're talking about getting the most bang for your buck in terms of money, uh, but I did see that the organization kind of emphasize to to keep your ticket and go to the game but you're not going to turn everybody that has a ticket no no you're not at all so uh within the last hour i don't know if you guys have seen this or not so mls have given the union back a significant amount of tickets that were allotted to miami obviously the miami fans did not buy those tickets and so that's dropped the ticket prices down just because the union are putting more tickets out there for the fans to buy so I don't know. Maybe we won't see these crazy ticket prices like we once saw earlier when it was announced that the Union were going to take on into Miami. But I do find it interesting that Miami fans maybe aren't going to be traveling. I mean, I, I know I said we're going to have a lot of Miami and Messi fans, but let's be real. I mean, you guys have converted a lot of people into Miami fans that are uh, there just because of Messi. Well, to be fair, our supporters groups travel very well, and our fan base yeah. in general travels very well. The only thing is... One, these last four messy games at home have been a little more expensive than we're used to. And two, the road away games, the, t- the stadiums are charging a little more than we're used to. I, I want to say in Dallas, I think they were charging, I don't know if it was 150 or 250 per ticket for the supporter section, the, the allotted amount that they give the supporters from the opposing team. Now, I'm not sure how much it was in, uh, in Philly, but if it was anything close to that, it's hard to get everybody... Yes. To spend that money, especially when you're dropping a lot of money just to watch them at home. Yeah, so uh, the union did right actually here for season ticket members that opted into League's Cup. They kept the prices the same. At least I can give you River End pricing because that's where I have my tickets. And so to send in the River End, which is the supporter section, it came out to be $33 per game for this Miami game. But if you didn't opt in for League's Cup, it was $212 for one ticket in the river end so i'm sorry and and i know we want to talk about the game um but just out of curiosity what do you mean opted into the league's cup so the union's um ticketing offices gave union fans the options to opt in for the whole tournament so you would get charged per game and if you didn't do that then you would be paying higher pricing and so the one thing was okay if you opt in at the beginning of the tournament you're going to pay the same price the farther you go along in the tournament. So they didn't jack up the prices if you opted in. Like I said, in the supporter section, $33. Not bad compared to 212 if you didn't opt in. But only for the supporter section. Uh, that, that was the whole stadium. So I, I don't know what the, the pricing was for the rest of the stadium. I can just tell you what the pricing was for the supporters. Because our, our gripe has been that we want first... Uh, first well, dibs blank. to our... That we want first yeah, dips I mean, to the seat that we have for our season tickets. First and right of refusal. I'm sorry. That's what I meant to say. Yes. First right of refusal. And, and I actually. If you opt in with the union yes. at least. Well, and I heard the same thing had been offered to enter Miami, but they actually, from what I understood, they declined it. And so if we're talking about that enter Miami declined the opportunity for their fans to be able to have. I mean, there's got to be some truth there because you also have Austin FC 
who also have sort of the same deal in terms of being able to obtain their seats. Well, they knew that they, they knew those big money coming around the corner with Messi. Yeah, like they didn't find out on June fifth or June seventh, like all of us. They knew for a while. So, um, I mean, they, they knew what they were doing. It's unfortunate, but they knew. Well, and Hazel Hazel is asking here, Todd, if uh, if you're actually going to be going to the game. We talked a little bit about it in the beginning, uh, before we started. Are you going to be going to the game? Yeah, I am. Uh, fortunately, I got approved for media credentials, which we were talking off air. A little bit nervous that that wasn't going to happen because I know the whole uh, fiasco that happened down in Miami. A lot of long-term writers didn't get approved. Hercules Gomez with ESPN didn't get approved. I'm like, man, if Herc Gomez isn't getting approved, why should I get approved for this match? But uh, fortunately, League's Cup did approve me. And uh, for people that are unaware how the media credentials work, it's not up to MLS or that specific team. It's up to the League's Cup committee. And I'm sure the union's PR staff probably put in a word for people that have been covering the team all season long. Like, hey, if you can try to get these guys ahead of the line, because we all know you guys see it down in Miami, all the celebrities that are coming down. Everybody seems to want to cover this team. Just look at the practices. You know, you know what celebrity has surprised me the most? David Beckham's actually showing up to the games. That's a nice change of pace. <laughs> it is. Huge change of pace. Think he'll be at the game tomorrow? Uh, Maybe. I mean, he's started showing his face now, so that's pretty cool. That's going to be bad. (laughs) I know. All right. I mean, and and he's going to show up. I mean, he's going to show up. No, he's not not showing up to Philly. I don't think so. Maybe. Dude, he went to freaking – he went to Dallas. Did he? What makes you think he's – yeah, he went to Dallas. What makes you think he's not going to go to Philadelphia? Like – did you see that video, right. Chris, when he was in Dallas where he's just walking when down he a got, staircase? Well, he got swamped. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yeah, yeah that's, that, that, that's out well, of control. Look, yeah, I mean, Dave Beckham didn't show up too often before Messi, but it's the Messi effect. Everybody's showing up now. Yes. All right. Uh, so, Philly, let, let's get into the nitty-gritty. Philadelphia Union. You, you were on, obviously, earlier in the year with us, and we were talking about um, just, well, we, we've had on you, you on twice. We played you twice already this year. And we were talking first at the beginning of the season. You brought back basically your starting 11. We thought that you were going to run rough shot through the whole league because you guys kicked everybody's ass last year up until the final. You brought back the same exact team. But like you said, there were a lot of games going on in the meantime, right? Be- between uh, the U.S. Open Cup and this, uh, the Champions League Cup or whatever they're calling that thing now. And once you were eliminated from those two tournaments, you guys started kicking ass again. So how do you feel about the Philly Adif- Philadelphia Union coming up to this point? Mm, coming up to this point. It's a good question. Uh, I'm sure we'll get into the the injuries that the Union suffered the last two games in the League's Cup. Yep. Um, but besides those injuries, you know, it's been okay in League's Cup. You know, they tied against New York Red Bulls and DC United. Now, granted, uh, these are teams that they've already played prior in the league this season. And so, they know how the union want to play against New York Red Bulls and DC United. Jim Curtin tried to throw out a little bit of a tactical wrinkle that both of those teams hadn't seen before. The union deployed a three in the back in both games, um, which they've played already this season in multiple MLS games, but not against DC United or New York Red Bulls. And what was interesting against New York Red Bulls, the Union were playing without a 10 in that game, without Daniel Gazdag. Uh, they put Daniel Gazdag up top with Julian Carranza, I believe it is. And so the thought process was, all right, 
we're going to have Julian Kranzer or Daniel Gazak drop into that 10 roll, get on the ball, while you're going to have an outlet pass up top, which they wanted it to be Nate Harriel, but that didn't work out. The spacing between the center backs didn't work out. There was no space in the midfield. The, the formation completely backfired in the first five minutes. The Union conceded. And we saw as the first half went on, they started to realize, all right, we sort of know how to play this formation, but the Red Bulls press was causing all sorts of problems for the union, which I don't expect to be an issue with Miami. I, I expect them to have majority of the ball. Jim Curtin said as much today at his press conference that, you know, whether we're home or away, Miami's going to possess the ball. And so it's maybe a little bit fortunate that the union are this far in League's Cup because they were on the easier side of the bracket. They played two uh, Mexican teams in Tijuana and Carretero, Carretero twice, uh, 5-1 and then 2-1 the last game, which was completely different. I think, you know, if you talked to Union fans before the game, they would have told you that, no, there's no way the Union blow them out again because they, they got their starting goalkeeper back. Uh, they, they fixed up a lot of things defensively. And I, um, I, I don't know. Like I said, I think the Union were just on the easier side of the bracket and got lucky in two penalty shootout wins against CC9 and New York Red Bull. So um, not 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 overly optimistic. Um, if you would ask me this right after the New York City game, I think I would have been pretty confident. But yeah, I think the union are just finding ways to survive in advance, as Jim Curtin says. And I want to bring up, because a, a lot of people in our chat, obviously, because Damon Lowell played for us uh, for, for some time, and they're wondering if there's going to be any own goals by Damian Lowell or generally how he's playing, uh, you know, with you guys out in the union. Yeah, so no own goals by Damian Lowell, uh, fortunately, here in yeah. the League's Cup. Yet. Yeah, I mean, it could happen against his former team. I'm sure we're talking about formation, predictions, all that stuff here. The messy effect. Uh -huh. Later. <laughs> yeah, maybe. Um, but it's interesting when you look, the, the union have played – uh, four out of the five games in the League's Cup with a three in the back with Glesnes, Elliott, and Damian Lowe. Uh, they've conceded four goals in their five matches played in League's Cup. Uh, three out of four of those goals were conceded in the second half. Uh, Damian Lowe didn't look great. We talked about that New York Red Bulls game. He was one of those players that um, was really shaky. I was surprised Jim Curtin left him out there at the beginning of the second half. Uh, he's a player that was getting pulled out of position way too much, leaving Jack Elliott, the central uh, center back, a lot of times 2v1. Kai Wagner, the union's left back, was getting caught too high up the field. And part of that, like we said, is the press from New York Red Bulls, which shouldn't be an issue with into Miami. But Damian Lowe didn't look great against New York Red Bulls, came back, got another start against Carretero, and uh, the spacing between the center backs was a lot more solid. The communication was there. Not a lot of boneheaded passes like we saw against New York Red Bulls. Um, do I expect him to start against into Miami tomorrow? I'm not. I'm not sure. Honestly, uh, I, I wouldn't be surprised if we back? see. I, I don't think so. With uh, Julian Kranza having a uh, grade one hamstring uh, strain, Jim Curtin said today, uh, definitely not going to start tomorrow's game. Jim said maybe come off the bench for 15, 30 minutes because he really wants to play this game. If this game goes to penalties. Jim Curtin said, yeah, we would consider bringing Julian one for penalties, but uh, we all know how that is. Bringing a player cold off the bench just for penalty kicks. We saw it against New York Red Bulls. They bring Lewis yep. Morgan off the bench, gets his penalty saved against Andre Blake, and this is a player who's never missed a penalty in his career except for that moment right there. Um, and so if Julian Kranza does not start this game, 
okay, now you're shorthanded up top. Do you go a Christmas tree formation like we've seen the Union play in the past, a 4-3-2-1? Do the Union go back to that diamond, which they typically play? Do they play Quinn Sullivan? Do they play Chris Donovan? Chris Donovan got the game-winning goal against Carretero. I think he's there, – there's no question. He's a more natural striker than Quinn Sullivan, who's a winger, who, who's done okay when called upon to play as – that second striker, but he's not a natural striker like Julian Kranzer or Chris Donovan. So um, I, I don't know. I find it really hard to believe that the Union go for three in the back again against Miami because if you go three in the back, you're asking your center backs to play 1v1, which is no problem. Jim Curtin trusts his center backs to play 1v1 against uh, team's best attackers, but do you really want to see Damian Lowe versus Lionel Messi? You guys might want to, but Jim Curtin, that coaching staff, might not. I'm assuming Damian Lowe is out on the right side, so he'd be one-on-one with Robert Taylor. Robert Taylor would eat him alive. Left side. Oh, left. he's on the left side. Oh, oh, he's on the right okay. side. Okay, okay. okay. Yeah, okay, so, so Messi would Messi would annihilate him. Are you <laughs> kidding me? Uh, I, I, I have a question, though. There's, no, there's absolutely no way here, Todd. I mean, there's no way they're not going to play Gazdag and, and Carranza, right? Like, right, Mike Logan, I saw asked that question. Um, yeah, I think uh, Gazlag is going to play this game. Uh, Jim Curtin said today that he's fully back, so I fully expect Daniel Gazlag to be in that starting lineup. Uh, I talked about it, though. We saw Julian Kranza and Daniel Gazlag play up top against near Red Bulls. Didn't really work out. Does Jim Curtin try that again? Let's hope not. It's possible, but if I was Jim Curtin, I'd play Danny in his natural 10 position, and uh, I fully expect him to start this game. Julian Kranza, probably not, even though he really wants to play this game against his former club, wants to play against his idol and Lionel Messi. And I talked about this on my podcast, right? This is a huge opportunity for every single player for the Philadelphia Union. This is going to be the most eyes ever on some of these players. Maybe the most eyes they'll ever get in their career. And so you got to imagine all the scouts that are watching. And if, and if, and I do say if, the Philadelphia Union find a way to shut down Lionel Messi, they have a good game. What's stopping one of these European scouts watching this game saying, hey, look, we need this player right now. He just shut down Messi. And so if the union players have a big game, the transfer window is still open in Europe. They could potentially be gone. So I I guess that leads into my next question. For those of you that aren't familiar with Philadelphia Union, they have a player, Jose Martinez, who's extremely dirty. Is that who's going to be sticking his cleats into Messi tomorrow? It's going to be uh, everybody putting their cleats in him. To him. Uh, Jesus Buena, we're going to see uh, Jose Martinez. I, I do worry, though, that Jose gets an early yellow card in this game, and if that happens, uh, that, that changes the whole mentality of this Philadelphia Union team. Well, I was looking, and, and you guys, were, I think it was the fourth most uh, penalized team as far as fouls goes in the league. So you guys, uh, you guys are a little aggressive there, a little aggressive. Yeah, I mean there. it's 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 the union's tactics, right? I mean they're a high press team, uh, maybe not so much the last couple of years, but yeah, they they want to rough you up. They don't want to make you comfortable on the ball. They want you as soon as you touch that ball, bam, there's somebody there to take the ball off their feet <laughs> to make you feel it. And so um, we're, we'll uh, definitely pay attention to that. Jose Martinez in uh, Messi battle, which, by the way, I don't know if your listeners know this. Uh, Venezuela, which is the country Jose Martinez is from, they actually played against Argentina. So uh, Jose Martinez does have experience against Messi. Some familiarity. Okay. Yeah. And Mike Longin. Yes, we've been saying that for the last couple episodes. Busquets, unfortunately, nobody touches Messi. So Busquets is taking the brunt of everybody's frustration because th- that man just gets fouled. And he just, they don't even call the fouls. I feel bad for the guy. 
yeah, that's the worst part. I mean, he tumbles like a tree every single time. And I feel so bad because he looks pretty fragile to me. I mean, look, he runs and, and he works out. And I imagine that he's kind of used to the pain. But, I mean, they're, they're abusing him more than I've seen anybody abuse Messi in the last yeah. four games. Um, so you guys play the passing lanes very well, right? You guys lead the league in interceptions. Uh, but you said you play a high press. Mm-hmm. So are you – are you because I can't imagine – They've attempted playing high press against us the last few games, right? Um, Charlotte was playing a mid block. And it's not a but, bad idea. But Dallas was playing the high press, and it wasn't that bad. Yeah, I think I this think game's going to be more so like that Dallas game than Charlotte game. Yeah. No, no, for sure. No, Charlotte sucks. <laughs> I, I do think uh, it's going to definitely be more like the Dallas game. You guys are by – look, by far and away, for those of you that are listening and new to the MLS, Philadelphia had the best regular season last year. They were – by far the best team. They didn't win the final game, but they were by far the best team. They brought back their starting 11. They're still one of the best teams, and this will be by far, and I, I'm not a, by far the biggest challenge Messi and, and Samarami have faced over the last month since League's Cup started. And on top of that, it's in Philadelphia. And to be clear, for those of you that don't know, they're playing in Subaru Park. They've lost four games in Subaru Park over the last three years. They lost three in 2021. They lost none last year, and they've lost one game in Philadelphia this year. So by far the biggest challenge. So I am in no – this is the reason why I wore this belief shirt. I'm trying to convince myself to believe in what I've been watching the last couple weeks is going to be enough to kind of get over what Philadelphia and the challenges that it uh, brings to Miami. I mean, that's insane, dude. All right. Yeah, so that hmm? one loss uh, this season was against Orlando City, not to make excuses, when both teams had a lot of players away for international duty. And so um, the Union gave up two early goals in that game. And did Andres, I think Andres Perea scored against Orlando City in that game. I mean, it was so long ago. I mean, we're talking back in April, I want to say. And yeah, it's a long time for the Union to have the last loss. And you, you gave the stats only four losses in the last three years three years insane and uh for people that are also unaware because i i've been watching your youtube videos you guys are doing well for yourself i mean over a thousand views every single episode and i guess that's the messy effect right enjoy it while you can but the philadelphia union the last five years have the most points in mls and uh for people that aren't really sure who the philadelphia union are they're one of the lowest spending teams in mls and to have more points in lafc atlanta united cincinnati who have just got good the last two years but these are teams that have high-spending owners that can go out and get the best of the best players and the union most points in the last five years. Unbelievable amount of business that they've been able to do under Ernst Tenner, the sporting director, and Jim Curtin, the head coach. Let me tell you, every time I hear you guys bantering about Philly, I, I just imagine all of these people that watch EPL and all these other leagues that they're just rolling their eyes because they're like, oh, my God, all this stuff. It's so true what we're saying. Like, you got to give your flowers to the Philadelphia organization. Like, you got to have some respect for that, right, Danny? Yeah, no, yeah, they, they've built a great team, and I, I, I respect the hell out of Philly. And for Hazel asking, how's Philly's goalkeeper? I'm assuming Blake is healthy, and he won goalie of the year last year, so that should tell you uh, enough that he is one of, if not the best goalie in the league. All and right. then, and then also we have. Uh, we have Mohamed Basri that says, I don't understand why Union can be the host. Is it because they're the favorite team to win or what? I did see someone already answer 
uh, stating that it's so I think because it was Mike, they, Mike Longin uh, answered. Yeah, yeah, Mike Longin answered somewhere here in the comments. Um, he mentioned it's, because uh, Philly's host because they were higher in the Supporter Shield rankings last year. If you guys want a little more info on that, check out one of our videos on YouTube, and we have uh, we have an explanation a little bit. Philadelphia would have hosted anybody in this tournament because they had the best record in the league last year, I believe. Am I correct, Todd? Except for uh, LAFC. LAFC was yes, the only uh, one. Okay. That's you right. know, they had that uh, job. Yes. Yes. Uh, that, that was pretty bad. But, you know, whatever. I'm, I'm happy that Monterey went on because we still have a chance to host. All right. All right. Um, so moving on. Philadelphia. Yes. Straight calendar over Blake. I, I, I'm with it. As far as Philadelphia goes, I think we've touched on it a little bit, but I guess we can get a little more um, specific. As far as tactics goes, you said we'll probably play three in the back. You said high press. But what do you expect to see from them? Do you expect to, to see a high press attack against uh, Inter-Miami tomorrow? Yeah, I mean, Jim Curtin said it now in his last two press conferences that Miami's going to have majority of the ball. I've said it on this podcast already this evening that whether this game was played down in Miami or like it is in Chester, Miami's going to have majority of the ball. And so yeah. I think there's going to be plenty of goals scored in this match. And that, that might be shocking to some of your listeners, maybe to you guys, because the Union have only conceded four goals in the last five games. But who's stopping that that Miami offense? Nobody is. And uh, yes, the Union have good defenders. I mean, better than average MLS defenders. But it's still Lionel Messi, Robert Taylor, who, if I recall, when I was on this podcast, uh, we were talking about the last Name game again. Yeah, exactly. Talking about that last game against Philadelphia, where he was the only player that stood out in that game. And now look what he's become under Messi, a player that can create, get him the ball, where you know, he, he's the one that's trying to create everything when Messi's not there. And now he's taking his game to another level. And so there, there's a lot of players that the Union have to look forward to marking this game. But Jim Curtin said, you know, our best opportunities this game is going to hit Miami on the counterattack. They're susceptible on the counterattack. I think we can all agree on that. You know, well, we push way too high with the fullbacks for, for sure. For sure, and uh, Buscats can't man-mark three players running at him. I mean, uh, of course, he's going to tell players to come in position. Messi's not going to track back there and play defense. And so, yeah, I mean, as long as the Union can minimize Messi's impact on the ball, which is going to be difficult. We, I mean, look, <laughs> that Charlotte game was unbelievable when in the midfield you had two Charlotte players just let Messi walk right by. They run into each other. It's like this is what gives MLS a bad rap. I, I don't expect that to happen with the Union, but that was pretty embarrassing, right? Well, to, to be fair, I could probably pull up World Cup videos where she does the same thing. He so, did it against Croatia in the World Cup. Messi just does just just what he does. No matter where he goes, he'll make defenders look like that. He almost makes it look too easy. He does video game esque, right? Yes, it's unreal. And uh, and last game, I think one difference that we had and the way we were able to shut down Charlotte, which again isn't a great team, so I mean it's not saying too much, but Busquets wasn't pushing up as high as he usually did, right? Because the first couple games he was pushing up really high, uh, and he didn't. I don't know if it was because Charlotte was playing that mid block. They didn't give him space to, to kind of push. Uh, but I think I thought that was much better for our defense. We didn't get caught flat footed as much on the transition. And um, but I'm expecting the Union to come out and, like you said, score goals also. So, with that being said, if if I were to ask you, go ahead, Chris. No, no, no. You go ahead. Sorry, sorry. No, no, no. This 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 comment needs to be said out loud for those on audio. You need to say this, Chris. 
I mean, okay, so I'm bringing up a comment by Lucas. He's saying public subs over Philly cheesesteaks. I don't make the rules. I mean, I've never eaten a Philly cheesesteak, but you have, Danny. Like, where are we with that? Have you ever seen Messi stop by uh, Gino's to get a Philly cheesesteak? No. But have you seen Messi at Publix? I think so. So I, I, we I, still, I, like, like Lucas said, he, we don't make the rules here. Messi, Messi said it's Publix over Philly cheesesteak. Which, by the way, uh, somebody else <laughs> mentioned high. before you. Just remember, remember your what you were gonna say. Uh, Kara said that he saw us, and Kara just run into us, bro. Tackle us. It's all good, bro. You're good with us, buddy. <laughs> Trust me. Now, please don't tackle we, me. I'm smaller than I look on here. <laughs> so, so I want everybody to understand something, and I need everybody to pay attention. You need to get to your phone and you need to like and subscribe and stop eating crap. Okay, guys? It just takes two swipes of the button. Can't you be nice boom, about boom, it, boom. though? Jesus Christ. I mean, look. I mean, it is what it is, bro. Just swipe, swipe. I mean, you guys swipe 45,000 times a day. Just do it, right? If you were saying so, it, if you were being like that to me, I wouldn't like or subscribe to anything. Okay, this guys. Guy. Can yeah. you please? Can you please like and subscribe? Thank you. All right, so here's another thing. I want everybody to go to my Twitter, and I need you guys to vote on our battered poll. Okay, it's a very Matthew, interesting. If you already liked and subscribe, I'm gonna hook you up with a shirt. That's what I'm gonna do. Yes. Now, Matthew, you also need to go and vote on the battered poll that's in my page. Okay, it's a very interesting question. All right, you can you can go on. All right, all right. Sorry for that. It is tangent, an interesting Todd. question. It wasn't a. It wasn't an interesting question, Danny. I don't mean to go off well, on a tangent here. A hundred percent. I, I yes, I, it needed to be said. Philly cheesesteaks are overrated. No, I'm joking. I love the Philly cheesesteaks, especially with the Wiz. Really good. If you haven't had it, take your time out to go out there. They're really good. All right. Uh, so Todd, it, it, and we asked you this question two times before this year, and I'm going to ask you again, just for our new listeners. If you had to say one, just one or the biggest strength that Philadelphia has where you think that they are going to try to take advantage of tomorrow against Inter-Miami, what should the Inter-Miami and now new Messi fans be looking out for as what Philadelphia will be trying to do to attack Inter-Miami? Um, it starts with their midfield, I think. You know, uh, They're going to hit you on the counterattack. They're going to force a turnover in the midfield and get Jose Martinez on the ball and play balls out into the channel. Other uh, center backs can do that as well with Jack Elliott and Jacob Glesnes. Uh, I think before I came on to this podcast, I was looking at the amount of uh, chances created uh, by the union with accurate long balls per match. Uh, they're third in League's Cup with 34.8 long, ber- long balls per game that are accurate. So, yeah, I mean, the, the union is going to look to win that ball with Jose Martinez, Jesus Bueno, and then, play those balls out to the channel. Mikael Uwe has had a tough go of it the last couple games. New York Red Bulls, Jim Curtin said that, you know, that's a game that he's looking to get his confidence back in, that it was a good game for him. I asked Jim Curtin last game against Carrethero, and this has never happened to me before. Jim Curtin gave me a two-word answer and said, not good enough. And I kid you not, 14 seconds of dead silence in the press conference room because nobody was expecting that. Like, I I didn't even know how to follow that question up. Like, he said, not good enough. Jim Curtin never bashes his players. And for him to say that about Mikhail Uwar's performance against Carretero, he has to have a big game here against Miami. Like we talked about earlier, Julian Kranza has a uh, grade one hamstring strain. Uh, won't start this game. Jim Curtin said he's really pushing hard to play this game against Miami. So maybe the last 15, 30 minutes at most. But yeah, look for the union to win that ball back and hit Miami on the counterattack. 
I think okay. that's where they're gonna. I think that's where they're gonna be able to definitely capitalize, Danny. Especially because seeing how a lot of people have been putting putting a lot of a pressure uh, not only on our defenders but then on the counter, we're kind of getting caught with our pants down because all of our all of our back wing backs fullbacks. are always pushing up. Yeah, the fullbacks are always pushing up. Well, Jordi Jordi Alba basically is a left wing, right? Because he just lives up there. But yeah. I, I don't know if you've noticed, Yedlin doesn't push up as far as he used to anymore. And because they're overloading the left side, Yedlin's kind of just been camping out by himself out on the right side, yeah. at least against Charlie. That's what, but that's how Busquets found them for that. For that, uh, that, that was it the first goal? No, the second goal. I'm sorry, the first goal was a penalty. That's how he found them for that second goal. So uh, I'm assuming more of the same. Yedlin won't be pushing up as high. We're overloading the left side, kind of building up the left side a lot. I also think that Sergio Busquets probably won't be pushing up as high because. If the, the counter is kind of what you guys are looking for, we need to make sure we're prepared for that. So I don't think Busquets is going to push up as high. And like I said, and uh, I think Dixon Royal had a very underrated game last game. He, he, he was doing a great job coming back and filling in between the two center backs, almost making that third center back whenever they were on the counter. And I think that we need to count on Dixon Royal doing that again to make sure that we don't get, as, as Chris said, caught with our pants down because – our fullbacks are usually pushing up pretty high, and we need somebody, and we can't count on Busquets doing that because one, he doesn't have the speed, and you know, you, you just need, uh, especially with the speed that Philadelphia has and the playmaking, you just need that. And the long balls, I was like you said, you were look, I was looking, and you guys are one of the, the top teams as far as long balls go. I think there's only like three or four teams that have completed more long balls in the league, so definitely something to look out for. Now, as far as weaknesses go, if Tata Martino is going to try to figure out what is Philadelphia's weakness and where can we attack them so that we are at an advantage. What would you say for Tata? What, what, what should Tata be looking at and where could we take advantage of this Philadelphia Union side? Therefore, it's not finishing chances. <laughs> That's the weakness right there. So, I mean, we, we talked about the Union wanting to hit Miami on the counterattack, but, you know, Miami can give up the counterattack all they want. If the Union can't finish, then it's a win for into Miami. Yes. Um, and Julian Kranza has been the most consistent striker, but he hasn't been as consistent as he was in the middle of the MLS season. I think he has two goals, I believe it is. Uh, yeah, two goals in League's Cup so far. So it's not been good enough from Julian Kranza. Mikhail Ua has zero goals in League's Cup, hasn't scored a goal in seven games. Chris Donovan who scored his first goal in League's Cup, who, you know, is playing his first professional season for the Philadelphia Union. He spent time playing with Union, too, but he's a kid fresh out of college, and you can't rely on him to go against Sergio Busquets and Kamal Miller and DeAndre Yedlin. Like, man, this kid's just fresh out of Drexel University. Like, the, the Union can't rely on this kid. So, I mean, a, a lot of pressure on Mikhail Uwars. He needs to get a goal. He needs to have a big game with Julian Kranza more than likely not starting in this game. That That's 100% the weakness. Uh, I think the Union's right side is a little bit of a weakness, especially if they start Olivier Baizo. Uh, we've seen him fall asleep a couple of times. Jacob Glesnes, who plays on the right side, whether it be in a back three or a back four, uh, he fell asleep for the goal that Carretero scored. The uh, defender got goal side of him and terrific finish. Uh, attacker, sorry, got goal side of him. Terrific finish. Nothing Andre Blake can do. But yeah, the, the Union are susceptible on that right side of the field if you bring pressure down that side, which I'd imagine uh, Jordi Alba, Robert Taylor are definitely going to bring that pressure there. Yes, most definitely. And then 
I mean, and other people are bringing that same point up, and 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 then now we have Kata mentioning Jose Martinez is going to hurt Boosie, so oh, the refs sure. better be ready with that card. <laughs> for that's sure, gonna, that's, that's going to be brutal. Give him a yellow before the game starts, just to get man, him up a little bit. Man, I hope not, because look, I think you guys can admit this fight. The referees in League's Cup are way too card happy. These are some of their worst referee performances yeah. that I've seen. And I know people joke online and say, oh, the referees are cheating for Miami and whatnot. But, like, watch other games other than Miami. Like, these They've referees all been, are terrible. Yeah, they're making it rain yellow cards all over the place. It's been a disaster for the whole league. Yeah, we had um, Corretero's coach after this last game say in his press conference that the referees laughed in our face once they walked off the field. Like, come on now. <laughs> come on now. After what? they just given up uh, a questionable offsides goal on Chris Donovan, they say, nope, it's a clean goal, and that's the end of the game right there. And apparently the referees walked off laughing at uh, the Corretero uh, players and managers' faces. So I don't know how true that is, but, yeah, they, they did not uh, take the actions by the referees lightly. That's gotta mm. be brutal to witness. I and, wonder. And let me man. tell you something. Get it? I always have a hard time pronouncing that name. Queretaro, whatever. That team that You're you right. guys beat. I'm wrong. Yeah. Queretaro. They, You're right. They, Chris. I, I believe that that was the team that was out of Liga MX for a year because of the violence that had yeah, happened in their stadium. Right. So, not the team that you want to be laughing at on the way out, refs. Not a smart move. They will find you, sir. They will. You find don't want to be. And you don't want to be Santa Claus either, okay, guys? You don't want to be right. Santa Claus in Philadelphia. Now, before we get into predictions, Chris, I did want to ask you something. And, and maybe I'll even ask Todd because maybe Todd's been paying attention to into Miami games like everybody else has. Diego Gomez and Benja Kremaki. Who's starting? Because I see people talking back and forth about it on the chat. Listen, I'm going to tell you like I told you last week. I think that Ben Krem should start. Okay, Ben Krem should start. I don't know why. I mean, everybody has their opinions here, and and I get it. But that Diego is a monstro, man. I mean, he is a he is a beast. Uh, look, Ben Krem uh, offensively, I think is is much better than Diego as right now, at least what he's shown so far. I thought Diego looked much better defensively, but I'm with you. I yeah. think Ben Krem starts, and Diego comes in late, like he did last game. All right, and then yes. finally, Facundo Farias, I believe, made the trip to Philadelphia in the chat. If I'm wrong, let me know, but I'm pretty sure I'm saying that he made the trip. Do you think that we get to see some Farias tomorrow and he uh, come in and kind of uh, substitutes in for Robert Taylor at some point? If, if I'm not mistaken, if I'm not mistaken, this is the same guy that has no FIFA card, right? <laughs> this is the guy that has absolutely no FIFA card. To be so fair, you he have, plays in Paraguay. Not many of those guys get those FIFA cards into playing. Oh, listen, yet. listen! I don't make the rules, buddy. Okay, if you don't have a FIFA card, oh like, no, wait, wait! He doesn't. He played for for. No, I'm sorry. I'm thinking of Diego Gomez in Paraguay. Go ahead. I'm sorry, guys. He doesn't have a FIFA card. So what are we doing? What are we doing? Is that the one that looks like he's like 12 years old? No, because one of those uh, guys, Thomas looks, Aviles. Okay, yeah, that kid. Yeah, my son. Look, my son saw him. And he's like, this is his first soccer team ever, right? Like, so uh, Facundo, I don't know. I don't think he's going to be coming in for t- unless Taylor's gas. But like, every time he plays, I've never seen Taylor really get 
gassed in a game. Like, if it was up to him, I think he'd run the full 90 and then play, like, street soccer after. Well, I think he played better with Jordi Alba last game. But, um, yeah, I don't I don't see how – I don't I don't. We'll, we'll see. I think that that Farias gets in there at some point. Look at uh, look at factual fruit. He mentions that he has a YouTube highlight. Everybody <sighs> in the world has a YouTube highlight, and they yeah. look like they look like gods on it. So, like, get out of here with this YouTube highlight stuff. I can make a YouTube highlight for a kid down the street playing soccer, and he'll look like a god. And Aviles is tall AF. Yes, he is. He looks like he's Yao Ming out there. And he, and he's only like 6'3 or 6'4, but he does look tall. I guess because he's so lanky. Dude has All right, no so people card. Prediction time. So I guess we will start as always with our guest, Todd the God. What are you thinking as far as a prediction for tomorrow night's game? Does the messy story and the documentary six-part series that Apple TV is currently recording gonna have a happy ending on Saturday? Or does the fantasy ride end tomorrow in Philadelphia? That's a great question. I think um, the Union are playing at Subaru Park, and that's a huge advantage for them. We talked about it for losses in the last three years. And, and there was some chatter. Should this game be moved to Link, which is where the Philadelphia Eagles play, the NFL team? And the Union's front office and coaching staff said, nah, let's leave it at Subaru Park because we have this advantage. Because right. if we move Wouldn't it to that, the Link, you're going to bring even more messy fans right, there. Okay, now we yeah. lose him for your old advantage. And That's so what I, I, was I do think they'll be favoring Messi. Yeah. Uh-huh. I, I, I do think that that plays a big advantage in the union's favor here. Um, I, I do worry that some of the players get starstruck that they're sharing the same field with Messi. And I, I can't tell you what those players are exactly feeling, only they could tell you. But, you know, I just know after the game, all the talk was messy. Like how it's an honor to share the field with Messi, and hopefully they were just saying that in the moment they were excited. And hopefully when game time comes, that it's no, let's focus on business. Andre Blake, Philadelphia Union's goalkeeper, talked about that today in the press conference, saying you know he's going to go home, play with his kids like he normally does, go for a walk if he needs to, whatever he can do to clear his mind. It does help that the Union have players on the field that have experience playing against Messi and Andre Blake and Jose Martinez. Um, but man, I mean, if Messi's not beating you, you have Robert Taylor who can beat you. Uh, Jusef Martinez, I know, hasn't scored a goal from open play, but uh, he has been a killer in the union side in the past. Leo Capano is a great option to come off the bench if he, if that is where he comes off. Um, so it's, it's a lot of firepower, right? And, and Jim Curtin today gave a lot of praise for what Chris Henderson has done, calling it. This is going to go down as the greatest transfer window of all time. And he said, you can even remove Messi, Busquets, and Alba, and it's still going to be the number one transfer window all time because those young players that they've brought in, it's great scouting by Chris Anderson and Tata Martinez saying, these are the players we need. And of course, we all know Miami has the, the money to bring these players in. And so, yes, you don't expect those young players to make a difference right away, but this Miami team, you know, if Robert Taylor's gas after 70, 75 minutes, you bring in Facundo, and mm-hmm. he could be a difference maker. Um, Gomez, he looks like a very talented player. Um, so, I mean, there's just a lot of talent on this Miami team. I I, I, I don't know. This, this game can go either way, honestly. I, I am leaning towards an Inter-Miami victory. Would I be shocked if the Union win this game? No. 
but I, I do think Messi and company are going to rise to the challengers. You have too much attacking talent on that field for Miami for the union to stop. If Julian Kranza is starting this game, maybe I feel a little bit more confident, but I don't know. I don't, I don't trust the forts and Mikhail Ura, Chris Donovan, Quinn Sullivan. Do you put Joaquin Torres up there? I, I don't trust any of those guys right now. So I'm leaning into Miami. If I'm asking you a Miami question, if, you were Tata Martino. Would you start Joseph Martinez or Leo Campana? Hmm. I, I think I'd start Joseph Martinez just by looking at his history against the Philadelphia Union. Um, he has a good scoring record against Andre Blake. Uh, his connection with Messi looks to be on point with his one twos. Um, and that's caused the Union issues in the past too when teams, whether it be Atlanta United, whether it be Facundo Torres in Orlando City playing those quick passes. That causes the Union center backs a lot of issues. So I would not be shocked if Josef Martinez gets to start against the Union. Chris, would you start Joseph or Campana? Listen, the last game, obviously we saw Campana give an assist to, to Messi. So, I mean, right now everybody's kind of riding high on Campana. Nobody's seen, nobody has seen enough out of Joseph to be able to say that he should keep playing or keep starting. I don't know. I mean, it's tough because, like, I imagine that Joseph just plays better in terms of pace with Messi and Busquets. But at some point, you have to be able to see how Campana plays with Messi. The question is, do you want to preview that against probably one of your most difficult opponents in this tournament? Right? That's the bigger question. Is right now the time to play with the formula? Right, Danny? Uh, yeah, I could see what, what you're saying, but I mean, Joseph, I think like to, to Todd's point has done a great job of playing off of Messi as far as clearing space for him, making runs, uh, that Yedlin pass that lets the Robert Taylor goal. A lot of people aren't pointing out the fact that Joseph had that first leading, uh, uh, run through the, through the box that kind of carried one of the defenders wide. And then Messi ran straight, carried the other defender and Robert Taylor yeah. was kind of just there waiting for that pass. And. I don't think Campana does that. I think Campana goes straight into the box looking for a pass, which he might have gotten and might have converted, but I don't think Campana is thinking of, let me run this out to the touchline to take a defender with me. And Joseph, I feel like he does a lot more of that than Campana does, and I think that that's why he keeps starting, and I think he might start tomorrow also. But if he's struggling, I do think he gets uh, the switch early like for Campana like he did last game. All right. Chris, I mean, prediction time. Yes, I, I agree. But, so you know. did you give us your final prediction or are we gonna leave Todd the God with the with the with the last prediction here? Oh he, no, no, no. Todd didn't give us a, a, a score prediction. He just said that he thinks Inter Miami might win. So okay, all want, right. You, you don't want to put a number on it. No, no I don't want to put a number on it. <laughs> oh, we're not doing that. We're not doing that. And that's good. I mean, look. And and it's like what you said though, Todd. Like it can really go both ways, right? I, mean, I, I can I see do... three three. I can see this game going to penalties. I can see the game ending two one. I mean, there's a whole bunch of different variables that can affect this game. So I mean, I, I don't know what you're gonna get. I, I think it's gonna be more like the Dallas game where we saw four four, um, and it was four four, right? Or was it four three? That four four, right? Four four, yeah, yeah. And so yeah, I could 100% see that, and then going to penalties for sure. Um. For people that 
have watched only into Miami and since Messi's been here, I, I fully expect it to be like that Dallas game. One hundred percent. So high score. And that's what I'm saying. I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna give you my prediction, Danny, but I, I have Hazel. He's asking me to ask the question. Hazel, we already uh we had Todd the God on here before. We asked him the steak and toast question, but if uh yeah, go ahead, Todd. I listened to when you guys asked, and this was a couple episodes ago. This guy picked the, and I forget his name because I would 100% call him out, but he picked the absolute worst choices. I think he said like five for his steak, five for his toast. Like, what is this guy doing? And I hope he's watching right now. I I forget who it was, but it might have been Toronto, Italy Jet. I'll, I'll go back and I'll let you guys know because I, I, I don't remember. And I, I remember I commented on the chat too when you guys were doing that. But I was like mm-hmm. stunned. I was like, you guys can never let this guy rejoin the podcast ever again after these choices. <laughs> like he has to be banned. Yeah. yeah well, I, nobody's gotten that bad yet. Yeah. That was the we'll, worst. We'll ask, we'll ask the Steve question at the end then. But we'll, we'll go to the we'll go to the – We'll go to the predictions. And while I go ahead and talk a little bit about the prediction, Todd, I want you to go to my Twitter account and vote on the poll. And that could be also part of the question, I guess. I don't know if you saw the poll of the day, but if you could just take a look. Yes, if you could take a look at it while I talk a little bit about the prediction, I think that it is going to be five to four. I think it's going to be very similar to Dallas. I think it's going to be a very, very competitive game. Uh, I mean, like I like I mentioned, Danny, this is going to be the toughest opponent of the series. So uh, by far, I think it's probably going to be the most entertaining and the most scoring. What what, what are you laughing at? I just saw your poll. Yeah, well, it, you didn't like the poll. No, <laughs> you don't think it's a good question. You don't think it's a good question. Go 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 on, K battered Aaron, so you can see the. The, yes, how, everybody's got to get on there. How what do you mean? How do it? I come up? Because right. it's a good question. If you guys want to know what the question is, guys, go to my Twitter page. The handle's right, right there below, and, and go Chris. ahead and vote on it. So that's my prediction. Uh, you, well, you were paying I, too much to the poll, too yeah, much I'm attention sorry. to the poll. My prediction is going to be five four. Inter Miami five four. Jesus yeah, it's going to be. It's going to be the most entertaining game. It's going to be the most entertaining game of the series. Uh, of the of the league of the entire tournament, I think. Nah, I don't see that. Yeah. Uh, I'm I'm very fearful of Philadelphia. Honestly, I could very easily see this being the first loss for Messi as an Inter Miami player. Um, but because I believe that it it's almost like feels like it's written in the stars. It feels like it, this is supposed to be like the way Messi comes into the MLS. He comes in and immediately wins a trophy less than a month into his debut i feel like it, it's almost it has to happen so because of that i'm gonna keep believing and I, and I think we win three to two i think it'll be like todd said a high scoring game three to two was very entertaining but i i do think that we we managed to pull that out somehow um how how those goals are gonna go, go come i'm not sure but i just i can't imagine this ride ending right now and i know that even if we lose we still have a game on saturday a third place game but it just won't be the same, right? No. And um, and I do have one more question for both of you, and I'll start with Todd. If Miami wins tomorrow, does it or does it not feel almost like a guarantee that they're going to win it all? Yeah, they're winning it all. Yeah, if they win tomorrow, I feel the same. Like I know that 
We could be wrong, and they could lose on Saturday in the final. But I feel like if they win tomorrow in Philadelphia, it's like, uh, I don't know. I, I feel like there's it's no stopping this team, at, at least not in the, in this tournament. I don't think there's any stopping them. The only Philly thing is I the question only... is Monterey. I'm sorry? Monterey is the only thing that I would be a little bit concerned about. But that would be a home game, which I, w- I would love that. I think Philly's the only opportunity that anybody has to take out Inter Miami from this from this tournament. There's because there's there's no way that they're gonna lose to Nashville because the only pe- the only person that puts fear in my heart on that team is is Hani Mutar. Well, well, to be clear, uh, Nashville, although they should have been eliminated with that weird PK situation yes. a couple weeks ago, they have the best defense in the league, and it's not even close. So um, that's a whole nother set of challenges, and it would be in Nashville. But like I said, if we win in Philadelphia, I almost feel like it's it just has to happen. I feel like we need to Not win for sure. It's so, written, in the, written in the skies, bro. All right, I want to say that be, I don't want to say the other S word. Be, before I uh, we we close it out, and you ask Todd that last question, Steve's question, right? We, we should just call it Steve's question. Yeah. Um, yes. Neymar. Went ahead and signed. It was a two-year deal to Saudi Arabia. After those two years, is he coming to Miami? Because I feel like that's where this is heading. What do you think, Todd? He's going to New York City with uh, Pep. No, nah, no way. Mm, and no don't, way. don't don't underestimate the 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 power of City Footballing Group. Gonna have a new stadium there in New York City. Make Neymar your star boy. You, you bring in Pep Guardiola. Once he's done with Manchester City, new stadium in New York, it's going to be popping in New York City. Now, Neymar has said that he wants to play with Messi again. So I mean, so does Suarez. Exactly. Doesn't mean it's going to happen. Of course it means it's going to happen. Neymar, that's why he signed only a two-year deal. He signed a two-year deal because he knows that's when the stadium's opening. I'm going to go. I'll play the last season with Messi in the new stadium. And then Messi leaves. And Neymar takes over as the face of the franchise moving forward. See NYC what I tell you, what, what I tell you, Dan. Look, Zom T, we appreciate the comment. Thank you so much for hanging out with us. And he's mentioning here that we're talking like if Philly is Real Madrid. Yeah. No, we're what not I talking like that. they're Real Madrid, but but we are talking like they're Atletico Madrid. And I do think if, if we're going to compare the two, LAFC would be Real Madrid or Inter Miami would be Real Madrid, give or take, whatever. But Atletico Madrid, right, the, the hard-nosed team, that would be Philadelphia. And you don't take Atletico Madrid lightly. Like They're they're a big-time team. So that, and, that's how I would see that. And Lucas is chiming in here. Neymar already gave Beckham his word that he would join Inter if he came to MLS in an interview. That's already uh, sealed and dealed, Todd the God. Like, what do you got to say to uh, that? That's I not happening. I believe you think that it's happening to NYCFC. Well, he was going to happen in New York City. No, no, Wait, you guys not. are sleeping on City Footballing Group. <laughs> and I'm not even Look, a Manchester City fan. Like, I'm a Manchester United fan. I cannot stand City Footballing Group. And as a but, Philadelphia Union supporter, I hate New York City. But the money, the new state, it's New York City. If he wanted I get to it's play Miami. It for City Group, wouldn't he have just gone to Man City? Maybe that's a part of the deal. Oh, so this is, this is deep-rooted here, Danny. Look, uh, NYCFC, I'm going to tell you, look, I used to be an NYCFC supporter, so I feel pretty comfortable <laughs> saying this. NYCFC has nothing going on for them. Well, They got Vija, Lampard, and Pirlo to start off their run. After that, what do they got? 
And they no, were terrible. I, I, Only Villa yeah, was good for them. Exactly, exactly. He won MVP, and I'll give him Tati. Great, but he left. Tati Castellanos long gone, and he wasn't somebody that they signed. Like, they haven't been able to attract anybody. If you're in Europe, you want to come to the United States, one, because it's a growing league, and two, because you want to live comfortably in good weather. You don't want to be living in the winter, playing in the winter, or, or in, in March and April. No, you come into Miami, you're going to L.A., maybe even – no, maybe Orlando, maybe I don't know, but no, that guy's not Orlando. going to NYCFC. Look, yes, there's more. Of, I would predict that there's more of a chance of Neymar ending up in Orlando than there ever is of NYCFC. NYCFC, Man, we, we, need, we need to set a bot sniff. to remember this for two years. I oh. guarantee you, he is not going to Miami. I well, sorry, this is the last time you're probably going to be on with us this year, so I'll remember this season. One of the ep- three episodes, I'll remember Neymar will never play for NYCFC. More of a chance that he ends up in Orlando. I think he's going to end up in Miami, for sure. Well, and and Ricky Dos Santos Jr., I have no idea who you are, but I'll start my Google search on your name in a bit. He says that he was in the meeting that he can confirm he's coming to Miami. I have no idea who you are, but I'm <laughs> Look taking at that. We got We got the sources, Todd. Man, Cavani the was coming there. Macau was coming there. Uh, Ronaldo was coming there. Everybody was coming there, and these players never came. Well, so I'll believe it when I see it. Look, after Messi comes, or now that Messi's here, you don't think, oh, my God, Ricky Dos Santos. Look at that, more breaking news, Ricky Dos Santos. You're on a roll, buddy. Yeah, let me tell you something. (laughs) Ricky, you need to text me after this. Just send me a DM, because not only are you a scooper with the scoops on Neymar, but now you're the fridge guy. I mean, we got the double-decker here today. Are you kidding me, guys? Chat, you guys are a part of history today. Yeah. Go ahead, uh, Chris. Todd, with uh, with, your, with Steve's so, question. So I'm going to hit you with the Steve question, Todd. When it comes to vacationing, right, and I'm just going to rank it between one to five, five being the best choice ever, one being the worst choice ever, where would you rank vacationing on a cruise? Oh, this is, this is, this is. It's awkward. <laughs> have you been on a cruise todd i'm not i'm not oh, oh and by the way michelle okay. thank you for uh for supporting have you guys uh, so, yeah man well okay so look apparently this is this is like a a, a miami thing because i think just about every guest we've had on steve your question might have to go away because every guest we've had on have all said i've never been on a cruise so we're spoiled down here, obviously, because we live right by the port. Yeah. So we we have that option. So hypothetically, if I put you in the middle of an ocean where you get to visit different cities all the time, and all you have to do is just eat, sleep, drink, and have fun in between visiting these new parts of the world, would you say that that is something that sounds interesting? No. Oh, my God. Oh, wow. What do you do? Do you go camping? Wow. You yeah, climb like mountains? I like, yeah, I do, oh, I do. I was in Colorado. I was in Colorado oh. in May. That, that was so enjoyable. Cool. We're, 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 go. Uh, no, that's it. We're, we, we, have to, we have to pull to the Todd the God name. We, we, we can't use that anymore. Come on. <laughs> but I do like being God, in the water. You do hiking? Yeah, get out of here. <laughs> that is the realest boo that you're ever going to get. <laughs> that is the Jeff. <laughs> Towards, uh, oh, who was against? Man. That's when they were calling out for um for Tim Tebow. Uh, and they were. Let, let, 
Yeah, yeah, they were calling out Team Tebow. All right, uh, just real quick, Sergio Ramos. Uh, uh, from everything I've heard, one, I don't think they have the money for him right now, and uh, no, no more allocation money, and he's not coming. Luis Suarez. Everybody assumes that he is coming, but that won't be until next season, probably in January, when his contract ends at the end of this calendar year. So definitely think that Luis Suarez is coming. And by the way, breaking news. You heard it here from Todd. Neymar's coming in 2025. And we found out who Fridge Guy is. I forgot his name, but we found Fridge Guy. So definitely uh, a crazy episode. Todd. As always, Todd the God, we appreciate you. We love what you do with the Free Kick Pod. Uh, and, I mean, everything you do. If you haven't already, Todd, let them know where they can follow you because you break down film. Like, I mean, you, you make it as entertaining and as simple as possible for people that I don't understand. Yeah, for sure. So, uh, if you guys want to follow on Twitter, Instagram, or Facebook, follow Free Kick Pod. Uh, wherever you get your podcast, The Free Kick. Uh, the YouTube channel you were just talking about, Breaking Down Plays. Uh, YouTube.com slash Free Kick Pod. And I don't think I'm missing anything, but you guys are fantastic. And uh, it's been enjoyable just watching every single week. Like, I'm not kidding. You guys know the numbers, and I'm sure your listeners do too. It's over a 1,000 people watching every single week. And I I can't think of a group more deserving than you guys to see. We appreciate that. Starting one of the uh, latest people to get into the Inter-Miami game. And you guys are taking off. And what you guys do live interacting with the audience and – uh, it's it's fantastic, and um, long may the success continue for you guys. And I can't wait to see you guys start interviewing uh, Busquets, Alba, and Messi next season. <laughs> Ain't nobody oh touching Messi. Nobody <laughs> touching Messi. Has he and done an interview? I don't think so. No. no, he hasn't. He hasn't seen a microphone since he got here. There's no, no. way. I mean, he had that one post game right after the game winning free kick, I think, and that was it. Yeah, that was it. Like thirty seconds. Yeah, and then the reporter touched his arm like two times, and he's like, nah, that's it. Never doing this again. Listen, and chat, all you guys that are still watching, please do us a favor. You got to follow Todd the God. Danny said it already. I'm going to emphasize it. It's He's one of the best guests that we've had on this podcast, just generally in every sense, okay? Please follow him. We're going to put his at down in the chat. We're going to give you all the information that you guys need, but you guys have to give him a follow. Check his stuff out. For sure. All right. Um, Chris, any final thoughts? Listen, we're going to win. I mean, it's it's in the bag. It's in the bag, baby. It, it, it is what it is. Is it not in the bag or is it in the bag, Danny? Uh, it definitely is not in the bag. I am very fearful of tomorrow. Uh, and, um, and uh, yeah, I am not. I'm, I'm looking forward to it just because I just feel like they need to win. I'm sorry, I, I, as I'm typing here. Oh, Chris already did it. I was just yeah. putting the Todd that on there. Um, I'm fearful of the game. This is the first time that I am fearful of a game because I was uh, not confident in Dallas, but I didn't think we would lose. This is the first time that I think that there's a real opportunity of us losing. So I, I definitely do not want to uh, be cocky. I uh, Philadelphia has only lost four times in three years. I'm sorry. that's not That's nothing to just kind of just dismissed that's like they're legit a good home team and they're just a good home uh, team overall so i definitely think it's going to be an interesting game uh but you know i i feel like like this is like the way this look when they announced that it's a six park documentary i feel like it's almost like when ray lewis announced right before the playoffs that he's going to retire all of a sudden they're they're winning off of late hail marys and they win the super bowl and you just didn't know how it was happening it's like almost destiny 
Well, I mean, and before I mention how I feel about about the union, Mike V is talking about the Orlando butt crack guy. I don't know if you're talking about the overalls guy that I mentioned a couple of episodes ago. We're looking for him too. All right, Over, overalls need, guy, with the overalls guy with the illest drove I ever seen in my whole life. Help us if find any, overalls guy. Help us find that painter guy. We found we fridge need, guy. Yeah, well, we apparently we found first guy and Neymar's gonna be coming to Miami. Like, I mean, what kind of look at the day we've had? Breaking news: August fourteenth. And uh, the only, the only thing that traumatized me is that dupe song. Like that stays rent free in my brain, rent free. So you guys want to talk that, about rent free? It's the Atlanta United fans are always finding ways to complain about the Philadelphia Union. Really? Wow, that's surprising. That is surprising. I never heard that before. To just search so, for your fine Atlanta United fans complaining about what the union did or didn't do every single week. Rent free. Oh there. my! God. Uh, it's the free kick for those asking where's what's his YouTube channel. It's the free kick, right? Uh, yeah, on free YouTube. kick. Uh, free kick right. pod. Yeah. Uh, so right, we're we're about to to let you go and end this episode. Uh, two quick things. One, tomorrow night, uh, we will be back right after the game, and we'll be recording right after the game's over, uh, to kind of recap the game. And um, two, forgot what two was. So I guess I'll, I'll final thoughts, Chris, because I can't even remember what I was about to say. Uh, final thoughts is, yeah, ATL sucks at everything. Um, uh, oh, that's what that- I was going to say. Thank you. Sorry, sorry to cut you off. I don't want to forget again. For all the new people listening uh, that are new to MLS, does Philly have a rival that you would consider this is their rival? Sorry for cutting you off, Chris. That's a good question. Um, oof. I'd say New York City. Okay. I'd say New York City. NYCFC or, or the Red Bulls? Yeah. Uh, you can say both, but I think it's New York City. I mean, you can tell the players on both teams hate each other. It's always hard challenges in the midfield. I wouldn't really consider the Red Bulls a rivalry when the Red Bulls haven't beat the Union in 11 straight games. So um, there's that point. And Jim Curtin said as much a couple uh, couple weeks ago. So, uh, yeah, it's definitely New York City. And just yeah, so does everybody is aware, NYCFC only won their one single championship because the Philadelphia Union's whole team basically came down with COVID right before the Eastern Conference Championship game. Look Damn at that. I'm going out and partying. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, and look at that. Atlanta's not even on their radar. They're not on our radar. They're not on their radar. Uh, Trey Young is still not valid. Okay. Oh, brother. Trey uh, Young is still not valid. <laughs> All right. All right. So, so. All right. Uh, Thank you again, Chris. As always, I hate you. If you were listening on audio and you listen all the way to the end, thank you for listening all the way to the end. If you're watching on YouTube, thank you for watching all the way to the end. Please don't forget to like and subscribe, comment, review, share, all that other good stuff. And for those of you that participated in the chat, as always, you guys are the best part of this show. We appreciate you taking the time to uh, jump on with us and share the fun with us. Uh, Like I said, this is the best part of the show. So thank you again. And until the next one, which is tomorrow night, right after the game is over, have a good one. Hopefully we're talking about a win.